Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias. What was his name? Zacharias. Of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. And so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. The whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. I want you to say that. For your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said, to him, I am Gabriel. This is a strong rebuke he, get, he brings him. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you, to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute. <laughs> Sorry, I find that funny. You'll be mute, not able to speak in the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And, Zachariah, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed and went to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach from among the people. Father, we thank you for what you did in the service. And we thank you for what you'll do in this one now. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us right upon the fleshly tablets of our heart. Let your will, your plan, let your word be preached and spoken in such a way that it brings a dividing line, that it brings healing that it brings breakthrough. God, the entrance of your word, as it says, brings light. So bring light, bring truth. Lord, have your will and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. On Wednesday night, we had a, a real release of God's power. Pastor Alex and team did a marvelous job of leading, in, leading us into his presence. And his presence came, and in actual fact, Pastor Alex sang prophetically the very message that the Lord had given me on my heart. I want to revisit that message today and uh, try to encapsulate that and give you just a little bit more detail. Then I want to take that message, apply it to our lives, and then give you something fresh out of the book of Daniel chapter 4, which I'll have you turn to later on. And then from that, uh, the truth being preached, we will then take the double-edged sword of the word and use it accordingly in the current events that are taking place in North Korea and Iran and the hour which we find ourselves, which is gravely serious. And this is one of those services where 
Well, I mean, they're really all like this and that you should never come to church and just think, well, we just went to church today. We are the called out ones. We are the holy ones. We're the ecclesia, the church, the ecclesia, the word that was chosen to be used for us is the same word over a governing body that they would come together and when they would vote and decree and declare something that it would be done, it would be established, it would be law and it would be finished. That would be it. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be ministers of reconciliation. We're called, as it says in Ephesians, to be the house of God, the nios of God, that we are his, his temple, but together we come together as the temple of the Lord. So this is not just a little something we're doing together, just go, well, we went to church. Don't you feel better about yourself? No, actually, when we gather together, we are making a decisions and prayers by the word of the Lord, that's what it should be, by the word of the Lord, not the word of man, to bring about change in our world. And so let's look at this text and, uh, and move along here. It's a dark time in Israel's history. There had not been a prophet for 400 years, but that prophet, the prophet Malachi, prophesied about John the Baptist who would come. And it's into this dark time in history of Roman rule, and uh, real oppression over God's people that God would bring the Messiah. But prior to the coming of the Messiah and Jesus being born, he would send one with the spirit and the power of Elijah. And that one was prophesied by Malachi in chapter 3. I'll send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. And suddenly the Lord who you are seeking will come into his temple, the messenger of the covenant. Whom you, desert, whom you desire, I will come, says the Lord Almighty. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5 reads, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. And so this Luke 1 Verse 5 and following that we read is the story of the declaration of the answered prayer of, of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And so we want to look at their lives and then apply this here. Zechariah was a great man. Write in your notes a, a, a look at the text. He's a great man. And she's a great woman. Both of them coming from priestly lines. The text says that he was, according to the law, blameless that he was righteous before the Lord. Now you have to think about this. We're righteous before the Lord because of the blood of Jesus, but there is no blood here. So these are a people that served God under the old covenant and obeyed the law, obeyed the commandments, righteously, blamelessly. And the text goes on to say that, and we know from the very end verses there, in, uh, I believe it's verse 23, 24, 25, that he's taken away my reproach, says Elizabeth. You see, she's barren. And that is, that is something that rubs against the grain of the previous verses. They're righteous, they're blameless, but childless. You see, it doesn't line up with the Hebrew mind that would say, if you're living for God and you're righteous and you're blameless and you're blessed. If you live righteously and blamelessly, then the blessing of God is upon your life. So it says that they're righteous and blameless, but they're childless. And it was a reproach to them. And that's why I say, you've rolled away my reproach. She said that because their friends looked down their nose at them, I think. People thought, oh, you're so righteous, you're so righteous and blessed. Where's your baby? And now you're too old and now it's never going to happen. But God. Come on, someone say, but God. Zachariah is enjoying his greatest honor, uh, and it would be the greatest honor as a priest now, if you're the high priest, the greatest honor were to go in to the Holy of Holies and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. That, that would be the highest of highest. But he's a priest, and he's chosen to burn incense in the temple. That honor, they would cast lots. You'll see that they, lots were drawn. There was four times that was done, and 50 priests, and one guy would be picked. That was a great honor that a priest would have. In fact, after he would do it, he would be considered rich. It's something that a priest would be chosen, but if you were a priest, you might not be chosen. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that would happen for you as a priest, and it could only happen once. You couldn't be picked more than once. 
And so Zachariah is chosen and he goes in this great honor and Gabriel stands before him with some good news. And the good news is the prayer, your prayer has been answered. Everybody say, my prayer has been answered. My prayer has been answered. And he says, your wife's going to be pregnant. The time has come. In fact, he's not just any guy. His name's going to be John, which is also unusual because nobody in his lineage was name was John, the beloved of God. His name is John. He'll have the spirit of Elijah. He's not going to have any strong drink. It's a good, good enough reason for me not to drink, and I don't. He's, he's, he's going to be used by God and the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of my people, to prepare the way. I remember years ago being a part of a cast. Uh, I think it was, it might have been Jesus Christ Superstar. And I don't know, that was a long time ago. How many of you, it's like 70s or whatever. I was in high school and they broke that out. And I remember being a part of uh, the John the Baptist song. And the Holy Spirit coming upon me in boarding school. I didn't know the Lord. It was a Christian school. They didn't preach the gospel. I think one guy, Reverend Sheeran, he was saved. But I think he might have been the only one. You remember him, Mama, Reverend Sheeran? He made a way for me to get into the school. It was a miracle. And I remember singing that song. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare thee the way of the Lord. And it went on, and I can't sing it too good, but, but uh, the Holy Spirit just came on me, and I realized, man, I, there's something about this song. There's something about it. I didn't even know the Lord, man. All my hair stand on end, and I'd be like, we would sing it with all, all that we had in this four-part harmony, and it just did something. This is the song of John the Baptist prepare for Jesus. And Zechariah doesn't believe the angels' report, doesn't believe the good news. Now you got to ask yourself, what was his problem that he could not believe? And we talked about this Wednesday. You see, I believe that the church in America and around the world, although not every place, is filled with believers that are unbelieving. They're filled with unbelieving believers, people that believe Jesus was crucified, died on a cross, but in some aspect, or some places of their heart, they have unbelief. And that unbelief was strongly rebuked in Zechariah. And it's, it's just kind of amazing. He does not believe the word of the angel. Is that the word of the angels not believed? Now you would think if an angel showed up, Gabriel, this is a major manifestation of God's power, okay? Gabriel, the archangel all over Israel, shows up. And says, the, the prayer you used to pray is the actual Greek. Your prayer has been answered, but in the actual Greek, it reads, if you studied out, the prayer you used to pray has been answered. So there's a prayer that he used to pray that's been answered, and then he tells him, your Elizabeth, Elizabeth's going to be pregnant. So what's the prayer that he used to pray? Oh, God, give me a child. That's the prayer he used to pray, but he didn't pray it anymore. And he's filled with unbelief so that when he, he gets the answer to his prayer, he actually says, how do I know it's true? And the angel's like, dude, I'm Gabriel. Now you're going to be mute until the day it comes to pass, to the, to the appointed time. Now you're going to be mute. I bet he was thankful that's all he got. Why he should have believed, right in your notes, why should he have believed? He's a priest. He was a leader. He was a priest. He was, he was a priest. He had the authority of his office. Priests really should have expected that God would show up and do things. Priests should really expect that God answers prayer. And, and, and he didn't believe any of that. You say, why is that? Because I believe the deepest place in his life caused a divided heart, a divided mind, double-mindedness. The deepest hurt that he had was the fact that God did not answer his prayer. Also, he thought to have a child. Now, I've seen couples get together and get married, and some want to wait a little while and then have a child, and others want to have children right away, and, and both of them are fine. How many of you know that? It's fine. But I've also seen couples where they had a plan to wait or a plan to have, it doesn't matter, but they, for whatever reason, they get to the place, and they're not able to get pregnant. And so then they start really praying and they start really fasting. And then they're, you know, then they try all kinds of, you know, get rid of the gluten. 
and uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you get rid of the gluten, and then I uh, quit dairy, and then and then wait a minute, no, no, wait, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta do the deal on the right side of the moon, the new moon, and uh, uh, you, you know, I mean, you got all kinds of strategies on, you know, all kinds of stuff, and old wives' tales and nonsense, and some people get superstitious over it, and. I don't believe in superstition. You invite me on your boat, I'm going to bring bananas. You know that's right, Jeff. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't believe in superstition. I believe in God. I believe in God's power. I believe in God's word. But it's quite a thing to see people. We've seen people spend as much as $40,000, forty grand, on, on trying to have a baby, seeing doctors and fertility specialists and all kinds of stuff. And, and at the end of the day, not be able to get pregnant and throw their hands up. I've had somebody in this church standing right here say to me, you know, we're ready to prophesy a child and said, don't do it. Because they'd been so wounded by the fact that they had so many people tell them they're going to have a prophetic word, they're going to have a baby, and they've done everything. And they testify about it even today. They've moved to another place, go to another church. Tears running down their face, don't do it. Because I've relaxed now. I've relaxed. I've, I've accepted the fact that I'm not going to have a child. I mean, that's really what they're saying. Don't hurt me again with that prophetic word. So you sit there. We stand there and be like, well, then I'm going to either be in sin or, you know, you're, you've, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to have to say it. It's your problem now. We're going to help you because <laughs> I'm not going to quench the spirit. Of and really, and that's the way that was. We gave the word, you know, with tears and they embraced it. Do you know what happened? They wanna, they're trying to figure out how to stop having kids. Maybe they should go to that parenting toolbox class and teach them a thing or two. It's not in the water. Zachariah and Elizabeth waited that long. Maybe they had the prophetic word. You know, maybe, 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 maybe. We don't know all the details of how they were trying to have a child, but they couldn't. And now the text says plainly, he's old. And you'll notice that, that Zachariah doesn't say that about his wife because he's smart. He went to a men's encounter. He got some wisdom. He didn't say, my wife's old. He didn't say that. He said, she's advanced in years. Because that's what happens for women. They get advanced in years. We just get old. Men get old. Women get advanced. The point of that is this. There's no way physically... It's not physically possible for my wife to get pregnant. And it's not physically possible for... It's just not possible. You understand? That's what he says to the angel. Dude, you're late. How many of you know God's an on-time God? Not having a child was their deepest hurt. And it hurts like that. Great disappointments can cause in you a double-mindedness where you want to believe, but there's a place because it didn't happen for you, a place of unbelief. You'll see this in Moses, Moses' life, Numbers 20. He comes to a place called Kadesh Barnea for the second time now. The first time he came, they were going to go right into the promised land. He's 80 years old, feeling like a spring chicken. He's got all his tribes with him, and God had brought a strong deliverance out of the house of bondage. That is Egypt. They're about ready to go into the promised land and he sends in the 12 spies and they come back to good report, 10 with a bad report. And because of the bad report, all of Israel began to complain and could not believe. They couldn't believe. And so that bad report spread and because they didn't have faith, because they couldn't believe, they couldn't go into the promised land. So 40 years later, a whole generation later, it's time to go into the promised land and Moses is at the same place, Kadesh Barnea, the same place. And the people are just as stiff-necked as they were. We want water. And he talks to the Lord, and the Lord's like, go speak to the rock. I know, they're typical. Go speak to the rock. I'm going to make water come out. He's like, all right, I'll go speak to the rock. And he goes over to the rock, and he says, you stiff-necked people, you want water? I'm going to give you some water. You want, you want some water? Crack! There's some water. And the Lord says, dude, it doesn't really say dude, but it, it says that in my version. It says, it says dude, dude, you, you, you didn't honor me before the people. You see, Moses had an had anger swelling in him 
because he was so sick and tired of dealing with the same people. He didn't resolve that. He didn't process that. So here he is in the same place, and he's, and he's angry, and he blows it. And you know what happens to him? He's not mute like Zachariah. No, no, but uh, he doesn't go into the promised land. I mean, what, what kind of a horrible result? You contend for something all your life, and you forfeit it because you blew your top. Don't look at me like that. You know I'm talking to you, whoever you are. Oh, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 24, I didn't share this in the first service, but Moses is, is on his way to go be, this is prior to that, he's on his way to go be the deliverer. And the Lord met Moses as was about to kill him. This is Exodus 4. He's had the burning bush. God told him, you are the deliverer. I've heard their cry. I'm sending you. So he goes, and he's with his family. And he goes off, and he gets to the place where he lodges for the night. And it says, it's one of the most, most abstract scriptures, if you don't look into it at a glance. It's, it's the most bizarre scripture. So here's the, Moses, the deliverer, comes to a lodging place. And it says, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. Do you see that? Okay, so which is it, the Lord? Which is it, Lord? Um, I thought this was a deliverer guy that you chose. So here's a deliverer guy. Why are you going to kill him? Well, look, look at the next verse. But Zipporah took a flint knife and caught off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it. Whoa. And said, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. You see, here's the thing. For some reason, they hadn't followed through on the, that. That as as a Jew, you were to be circumcised. That's a sign of Abraham, a sign of the covenant. And for some reason, their son wasn't. And we we know that they knew they were in sin. That something wasn't wasn't correct because Zephora, his wife, maybe she was like, "Don't touch my little boy. Don't touch my boy. Don't cut his hair." Anybody know what I'm talking about? You let his hair grow. I'm opposed to letting kids' hair grow until he looks like a girl. I'm just opposed to that. If you want to let your boy's hair grow on, it's fine. I'll love on him. It's awesome. I'm just saying, you know, don't, 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 follow, through on, on, don't follow through on that, she would say to Moses. Amen, Mom? And so what ended up happening is the Lord says, you're, not, you're out of order. Things aren't straight. And he came to kill him. So she finally followed through. Listen, God wants to use us but our unbelief and our lack of following through, the lack of dealing with the hurts and the pains can hold us up. You know, uh, if you look at Thomas, Thomas was faith-filled Thomas in, in John 14. He's faith-filled Thomas, but then later he's doubting Thomas. What happened? In John 14, he says, let us go that we may die with him, talking of Jesus and Lazarus. They, weren't gonna, they didn't want to go with Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead because everybody wanted to kill Jesus there. But John, the, John uh, pardon me, Thomas says, no, let us go that we may die with him. What happened to that, Thomas? And the one who said, unless I stick my hands in his hands and my hand in his side, I won't believe. He got wounded, he got hurt. You see, deep hurts, deep wounds create unbelief. And they create a double-mindedness. You know, Moses didn't realize the importance, of, pardon me, Zechariah didn't realize the importance of his moment, of the moment and the role that he was in. And I believe that we don't realize the importance of the moment that we're in today. Tonight. Tomorrow. Should tomorrow come. We don't realize the, important, the importance of the moment and our role in it. There are moments and seasons by which great victory is possible. But if you don't realize that, that you can miss it. You know, today there are people that could have had the answer to their prayer in the service that I'm preaching, but they stayed home to watch the game or something. I mean, I, or stayed home. And I'm, I, listen, I'm not all religious. You gotta come to every single service. I'm just telling you, best be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will bring you to places to answer your prayer. And if you're not sensitive to him, you won't be in the place that you need to be to hear what you need to hear to get the, to the next tool that you need to get to fulfill you the, the plan and the purpose for your life. And I don't think Zacharias understood, Zacharias understood the, the, the moment that he was in, special moments in season. And whether you realize it or not, there are moments in God that come that never come again. And you can claim God's grace all you want to. There are moments that will never come 
again. And our role and what we do in those moments, the degree of victory, God many times leaves up to us. I think about years ago, there was a, a lady who went to our ninth annual pro prophetic conference. And uh, we've had 22 of them now. So this is a few years ago. She went to the ninth annual prophetic conference and at that conference got a word from the Lord that changed her life, changed her family, got all this breakthrough that she'd been praying and believing. The only thing was that she was a part of the church for the nine years previous. So she didn't go to the first, the second, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. She decided to go to the ninth. But the only other one, she just said, well, I'm just not going to go down. Could it be that God was waiting to actually give her something at one of those conferences through a prophet that she could have got five years before, but because she decided that it wasn't important to go, that she didn't get that? Could it be? You know, it is said, Jesus said, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith might not fail. Could it be that if we don't pray, then there will be Peters that fail? Is that possible? I stand in awe of the fact that the God of all creation entrusts to us determining factors. The degree of victory and blessing is many times, listen, we don't like this because it makes us responsible. The degree of victory and blessing many times is left up to you. If you want to be stiff-necked and walk in unbelief or, a, or an unbelieving believer and not follow through on the Lord's word over you, then you get the results of that. And so many times we just want to blame somebody else. It was Zephora's fault. We don't know why Zephora didn't want to go through with the the, the act of covenant over their son. We don't know why that is, but, but for some reason, she knew exactly what to do. We know the problem. God's come to kill Moses. So let's, let's let, listen. It's kind of a whole other message I stumbled on. You can be called, and, and still, if you don't fulfill the role and, and the, the, the details of what God's called you to, you're still going to be a sideline, and you'll abort and derail what God called you to do. God's not obligated to bring about your calling. He calls you, then you have to do your part. You have to continue to keep yourself in the yoke. You have to continue to live right. you got to continue. You don't earn it by any means, but there's certain ways of responding. You know, I've been overwhelmed by fervent prayer and the lack of fervent prayer. I'm watching how fervent prayer brings answers way faster, quicker. I mean, there's just something happens when you pray fervently. And that doesn't happen when you pray the same thing without fervor. I talked on Wednesday about babies that cry. You know, a crying baby, that gets your attention. Ever been on an airplane with a crying baby that's hungry or has got pain in its ears? You ever been, right? I, I have it in my bag a couple devices that I use when I fly. Um, they're emergency devices to plug my ears because I have sat next to a screaming child before. And, you know, you pray and stuff, but it hurts. So, you know, something to deaden, Right? Babies cry. Mamas know when it's a cry of pain. Mamas know when it's a cry of hunger. You see, when you, babies don't cry, wah. Oh, oh, no. Wah! You know what I mean? They really go off. When you cry fervently, you know it does something in heaven. I'm just telling you it does. All right, God's speaking to us really simply this morning. Uh, God wants to heal us. God wants to heal you. Are you like an unbelieving Zachariah? God, God wants to heal you, and you can be healed. He wants us to know that God answers prayer. Come on, someone say, God answers prayer. He does. God answers prayer. And the answers to prayer are yes, no, wait. And I shared in the first service humorously, but it's also true. I've heard stories about this. You know, you, you return to your 25th high school reunion, and uh, you go back, and you're... You're there and you see the man that you begged for. There he is. You see the one that you cried, God, give him to me as my husband. You see him and you're like, oh, God, thank you. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God, thank you. Would you forgive me again? I thank you. He knows, but God knows better. You know, it's a great thing to know that God can say no. You know, you can pray for anything. 
You pray for anything, he can say no to you. Don't, don't be a worried. What if I pray for, and then, no, don't worry, he's in control. Yes, no, wait. I'm prayed for something, he said yes, I'm still waiting. 20-something years later. We're significant to God. Come on, someone say, I'm significant. Yeah, you are. And I don't think Zachariah understood his significance because of his prayers that he was praying. Your prayers have been heard. The prayer you used to pray has been heard. Could it have been that it would have happened faster if he continued to pray? He quit praying. You understand. Zechariah got the answer by Gabriel, but Gabriel says, Hey, Zach, that prayer that you were praying, you know, the one you quit about 10 years ago, your prayer's answered. Could it have been that time would have been quickened if he had understood that he was significant to God and his intricate part of God's plan. You are an intricate part of God's plan. Our future is, is greater than we know. Our future is greater than we know. We don't understand, really, the hour in which we live. God is shaking nations. And I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Daniel, please. He's shaking nations. In Daniel chapter 1, in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel is brought to Babylon. He's carried off in captivity. And um, the word of crazy Jerry, they thought he was crazy, Jeremiah, that's come to pass. And so now the temple's been destroyed, and he's in Babylon. And so Daniel 1, he's, he's required and asked to uh, eat this food. And he petitions and says, please don't let us eat that. We don't want to end up defiled. And so he eats a bunch of vegetables and ends up stronger than everybody else. Daniel chapter 2, he looks better too. Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And uh, he brings everybody, all these wise men together to interpret the dream. But he doesn't ask for the dream interpretation. Actually, he asks for the dream. So this is what they tell him. Tell me my dream and tell me the interpretation. I mean, that's, that's pretty serious. Tell me what the dream is and tell me what it means. So it's not just give me the interpretation. It's tell me the whole thing. And he said, if you don't, I'm killing all of you. Well, Daniel finds out about that and he, he goes away to his prayer closet. Verse 17 of Daniel chapter 2, Daniel went and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Gosh, I love this verse of scripture. Then Daniel went to his house, made the decision known to his buddies. Verse 18, that they might seek the mercies of God from heaven concerning the secret. So Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered to verse 20 and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and all light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might that I might made known what is to me what you've asked of you. Let me read that again. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. He then goes to the king, tells him the dream. Nebuchadnezzar tells him the dream. Gives him the interpretation. And the stupid king in chapter 3 goes and builds an idol really fashioned after the dream. 
and makes everybody bow down. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they won't do it in the fiery furnace. You must go. Burn, said the king. But a fourth man showed up. Fourth man showed up, and they were basically delivered without even the smell of smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar praises God. Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4, I'm getting there. Hold on. I'm, and Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4 has another encounter. Has this dream. I saw a dream, verse 5, which made me afraid. He talks about this tree. And basically, the dream is his own judgment if he doesn't repent. And Daniel breaks it down for him, but it's in this dream that God showed me something. I've seen it before, and I've preached on it before. But I believe that God is showing us this morning for the purpose of bringing about a change for the situation of North Korea and the situation in, in, in Iran. I believe that God wants to quicken us to step out from being a people that are unbelieving believers and begin to understand the right and the power and the importance of the hour and our role in it. You see, when we pray, we can move the hand of omnipotence. His right hand spans the universe. Prayer is the slender muscle, said one preacher of a bygone era. The slender muscle that can move the hand of omnipotence. I always wanted to be able to palm a basketball. I still can't do it, but his right hand can span the universe. It says, and there's, there's much debate over this in commentaries. But he reads this, his own judgment. Let's go to verse 13 of Daniel 4. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed there was a watcher come down from heaven and he cried out and said, Thus chop down the tree, chop off its branches, strip off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. And let the beast get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and its roots in the earth. Bound with a band of iron and bronze. Let the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with dew of heaven. And let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. And let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given a heart of a beast. And let seven times pass over him. This decision, this is in his dream, he hears this. This decision is by the decree of the watchers. And the sentence by the word of the holy ones. In order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. And gives it to him whenever he will. And he sets it over the lowest of men. Daniel, in verse 19, explains the dream and tells Nebuchadnezzar, unless you repent, you're going to be turned into a wild beast. I mean, he breaks it all down. You can read it. Judgment's going to come upon you. But you know what happens? Nothing happens. to Nebuchadnezzar doesn't repent until 12 months come. And God always releases grace. He always gives grace before there comes judgment. I believe that America is under some grace right now. And I believe that there's a grace by which we can begin to pray. Understand verse 17. Go back there. This is a, a key given in the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, to you and I. For this hour, I believe. This decision, what decision? The judgment that comes over Nebuchadnezzar, the judgment that comes over this king, this decision is by the decree of the watchers. Watchers, you could do a word study on that. Watchers are angels. Intercessors are often called watchmen. But this particular word is angels. By the word of the holy ones is oftentimes holy ones is also used for the word angels. But it's also used for God's people. And I felt as I was praying, I, 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 had, an, I had an open vision on, on Wednesday night. It was interesting because the way that it happened, the, 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 my son would 
Can you do it again? Okay, stop. You see, encounters in God, you can go fall right back into them if you'd be sensitive. And if I feel like the Lord wants us to do that, we would. Maybe we should do that at home, bro. Yeah. He played that, and, my, and, and a vision began to open. Then he moved on to some other cool thing that he did back there in the drums, and the, and, and the, and the vision closed. He played it again, and, and it opened, and I, I started figuring out, hmm, the rat-tat-tat and the vision are kind of going together. So I looked over, and I said, you know, pl play that, that thing. He did that, and my eyes opened. I will tell you what I saw. I saw herds of wild horses, but not just horses, supernatural horses from heaven like I've never seen with power and authority, glistening with anointing and power, running towards Wasilla. And I saw as they were coming in, I saw this army rising. I saw people coming out of caves. And it's almost like coming out of tombs, coming out from being dead. And I saw those who were disillusioned with the body of Christ. I saw the hurting and the broken, the halt, the lame. I saw them all beginning to rise and be clothed with power. I, and I began to prophesy, and I prophesied again. There's an army that's being raised here. Why Wasilla? I have no idea. Why Alaska? I don't have a clue. I'm just glad I'm a part of it. Is God doing another place of the earth? Yeah, I believe He is. I just know we're responsible for this territory. I know that God has made us responsible for this crown jewel over America. And I don't understand it all. I just say yes. And I don't want unbelief to try to creep in through some previous disappointment. I saw this vision and we prophesied Wednesday and I prophesy to you again. We are going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people saved and gathered in from the four corners of the earth. People are going to move here in untold droves. It's like a modern day gold rush, but it ain't about the gold. It might be about the gold of heaven though. Back to this verse. And then I'm going to close. Verse 17, this decision, what decision? The decision of the judgment over Nebuchadnezzar is by the decree of the watchers. So the watchers, the angels, just listen. That's the word for angels, watchers, have been given a decree. How many of you know what a decree is? It's a statement. It's a, uh, but it's stronger than a statement. Presidents write decrees. Kings write decrees. The Cyrus decree was a powerful one. It went for the rebuilding of the of Jerusalem given by King Cyrus in Isaiah chapter 45 this decree this decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence the sentence by the word of the holy ones now like I said you can study this and, and the commentators are split on it but I'm going to tell you what I believe I believe this and even if, my even if my interpretation of this text is not 100% accurate, the application absolutely is biblical and works. So, would you give me that liberty? Thank you. The sentence of the holy ones. Nebuchadnezzar did more to damage God's people than any other king there is. You, you might argue that, but, but I don't. He, he, he destroyed the temple. He took all the gold. He, he, dis, he did the, the dispersion. He took all the 10 tribes and dispersed them all over the place. He, he, he just was just wicked, 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 wicked king. And he was filled with pride and he had a stronger nation really than anyone else in the world. And yet God heard the cry, the sentence of the holy ones. The word in the Greek is hagios. You'll see that you are called a saint or a hagios, a holy one. I believe that God's people in Babylon were so distraught and upset. They're like, you got to deal with this guy. He destroyed it. Yeah, we were in sin, but you got you to gotta deal with him, God. Won't you deal with him? Won't you deal? They would turn and face the temple and pray as the, as the prayer of Solomon went up 
It said when your people are carried to the four corners of the world and they turn towards this place and pray, you'll hear from heaven. If my people who are called by my name, that's where that comes from, turn from their wicked ways, you'll hear from heaven, you'll heal their land. And I believe the people of God in Babylon turned and said, God, deal with Nebuchadnezzar. And the dream came. He's given grace to repent at the word of Daniel, but he does not. And then he's turned into a modern-day werewolf snarfing at the grass. Now, I'm going to tell you what I believe God spoke to me. I believe that this situation, y'all listening? Y'all, this is like some crazy Holy Ghost stuff here. I believe that North Korea will go exactly like we pray. I'm t- I know you're looking at me like, what? I'm telling you, if we pray, if we pray, that guy, I saw him... When I was at the gym, it's like I had another sort of open vision thing that happened. I saw, I didn't say this in the first service, I'm going to say it in this one. I saw the Lord bending him, bending his will. There's such a demonic empowerment to try to start World War III. Listen, God's plan is going to come about, but it should not come about without God's people agreeing and proclaiming. and Don't roll over and play dead. Rise up in your God-given right. Rise up as a hagios, as a saint, as a holy one, and it's not God's will for him to just croak and die and go to hell. Don't pray that either, you immature Christian. We pray God's blessing. You believe for him to be saved? I know that North Korea, I'm believing that it's going to open and be one of the next greatest frontiers. I think we should probably plan to go into North Korea and invade it with the gospel of Jesus Christ as it opens. I'm believing for his will to be bent, for his will to be changed, even in the next 12 months, for something to take place that causes him to turn. That causes him to turn. Come on, reach, reach, it's this way. Reach this way, right here. Come on, stand up on your feet for a moment. Lord, we proclaim your will for North Korea. Lord, all those people in bondage, as your people set apart, as, as, your, as your holy ones, we decree today your plan, your will for North Korea is an out and out outpouring of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And we pray that you would bind off demon power, Lord, over those gulags and all the torment and all the people and the martyrs. Oh, I see martyrs. I see the blood of the martyrs crying out from the ground even now. I see blood crying out in the corners of North Korea. Lord, the blood as it cries out, is it not time, God? Is it not time, God? Lord, bring a breakthrough. Bring a turning. Bend him. Bend him towards your will. Bend him away from the demonic assignment. Set those people free. Set them free. Set them free. We join our prayers with South Korea that's been praying for generations in the name of Jesus. Turn North Korea for the glory of God. Turn North Korea for the glory of God. Turn North Korea for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, also for Iran. We pray that Prince of Persia bound, gagged, and muzzled. That Haman spirit that just wants to wipe Israel off the map. Lord, put your hand over it. and Silence it. As Esther was raised up to silence it, that Haman hung on his own gallows. We don't wish death. We don't pray death. We pray your will. We pray your power. But you know all things. Intervene. These rulers. Why do the rulers rage against you? The nations plot in vain. Psalm 2. I have set my king on the holy hill in Zion. Bring about your plan for America. Bring about your plan for the nations of the earth. And may we not found, be found as unbelieving believers. May we be found single-minded as one man contending for the harvest. One heart, one mind contending, fighting as one man. I pray now for those that need healing. Those who suffer from unbelief because of a fracturing that took place, a disappointment. The timing and things didn't work out, a dream that died, a marriage that failed, a child that doesn't serve you. All of it trying to mock your people. I pray let fresh faith rise in the hearts of each and every one. 
that you'd bring healing to every heart, to every spirit. And the people would no longer, we would no longer tolerate a double-mindedness, wash to and fro. As James says, we would be a people of resolve. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for God. So if I didn't make it clear, I'd tell you again. You are a holy one if in fact you've been washed by the blood. You have power and authority to execute judgment, to bring breakthrough, to, br- to pray in God's plan. You don't have to tolerate that which Jesus died and rose again from the grave. So rise up in a boldness. Call your kids home. Bring healing in your marriage. Stop playing with your little pet sin. Get on fire and bring a difference in the earth. We can bring a difference. I'm going to tell you, pray for North Korea. I do believe that there's something that's going to happen literally in the next 12 months. I believe I'm praying for that young man, and he is a young man, to be turned. I saw the blood blood of martyrs. What is that? Jesus. May God charge you with faith and courage. For the days ahead are dark. But we're going to burn like a city on a hill. We're going to be ready and prepared to pray through and see God's kingdom released as never before. Can you say amen in the house of God? Lift your hands. Let me, let me bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you're not right, repent. Get right with Jesus. Don't leave this place in the condition you came in. Say with me, and maybe it's a, an affirmation or you're giving your heart to Jesus first time or recommitment. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. And come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen.